0: Hello, and welcome back to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Seth Boudin.
1: And I'm Isabel Robles. It's the start of October. It sure is. Which means it's officially spooky season. Yes. And I don't know if you remembered this as much as I still do, but it seemed like in elementary school, picking your Halloween costume was like a month's long process
0: oh it still is
1: do you think so I say mine's I, last minute these days
0: no, oh I mean yes but also it still like, is for elementary like yes there's like, yes. Pre, there's, like pre, there's like preemptive thought you're like on October 1st I was like oh, oh I have no. to start thinking about what it what am I going to
1: be... ha- there's so much pressure to be clever
0: yeah I I'm, agree
1: I'm wondering what your favorite Halloween costume you've ever had was
0: Oh, um, two years ago I was a raccoon, and I found this at a I found like a, a raccoon tail at a thrift store. As we do, yes. And was it I real? Just, no. Okay. I don't I don't murder. Yeah, no. I don't murder raccoons. I but, guess in that
1: way it would be upcycling murder, but yeah. Anyway.
0: But um, I put on little black gloves, painting <laughs> my face. Oh, was a raccoon. <laughs>
1: That's pretty funny.
0: So I make my costumes.
1: I made my costume last year too.
0: The other year I was a scarecrow.
1: Oh. Yeah. Predictable. But
0: it's nothing wrong with quality. that.
1: I think my favorite one was probably last year. I was Paula Dean. <laughs> and I had my friend be a stick of butter. <laughs>
0: Should we get started? Yes. that's the <laughs> Yep.
1: Let's start up the speaking.
0: All right. All right. <laughs> First, we'll hear this week's headlines.
1: Then we will hear an interview I had with Jessica Powell, the director of experiences for the Kansas City Startup Foundation.
0: What did you and Jessica talk about?
1: We talked about an event being held this weekend called Back to KC. The Kansas City Startup Foundation is presenting it, and it is a series of events planned for Kansas City natives who are coming back to
0: KC. Cool. I'm excited to hear it.
1: Then we will hear a conversation our reporter Rashi Srivastava had with Naga Rayapati.
0: Rayapati, who created Go-Getter, a job matching marketplace for software contractors, says the gig economy is on the rise.
1: Rashi talked with Rayapati about his RALA-based startup and how it reduces the challenges in hiring contingent workers.
0: And then, of course, you'll get our digits, the numbers that matter in Startup News.
1: But first, the headlines.
0: The former chief executive of major Kansas City company is being called on to help WeWork, the struggling co-working space operator. Marcelo Klar formerly the CEO of Sprint, is stepping in to help with a turnaround at WeWork. The startup called off its scheduled initial public offering after its founder, Adam Newman was ousted amid pressure from investors.
1: Speaking of WeWork, St. Louis startup Juristat is on the move. The company is one of the first to announce its move to the WeWork location that's opening in downtown St. Louis. WeWork is leasing 60,000 square feet over two floors. Juristat offers software for patent analysis and is moving from the curly building downtown.
0: Two entrepreneurs support organizations from the St. Louis area won federal grants. I-10 and the BioGenerator were awarded $50,000 from the Small Business Administration's Growth Accelerator competition. The grants were given to companies that support entrepreneurs. I-10 supports information technology entrepreneurs, and BioGenerator supports life science startups.
1: AI software startup Balto recently raised $3 million in seed funding. The funding comes after the company raised $1.2 million last year. Investors in the company include Stage Venture Partners and, and TIA Ventures. In 2017, Balto developed AI Soft to transcribe and analyze sales and customer service calls. The startup expects its staff to expand to more than 50 by 2020.
0: St. Louis coffee roaster Caldys Coffee has opened a new location in Columbia. It will be at the True Last College of Business within the University of Missouri. Co owners Tricia Zimmer Ferguson and Josh Ferguson are Mizzou alumni. The partnership with Caldies will also include integration of the company's operation into business classes. So, Isabel, it's time to hear your interview with Jessica Powell.
1: Indeed, it is.
0: Why did you speak with Jessica?
1: Jessica is the Experiences Director for the Kansas City Startup Foundation, and the foundation is putting on an event on October 3rd and 4th,
0: called Back to KC. What is Back to KC all about?
1: It is an annual series of events, now in its second year, that brings Kansas City natives back to the area to discuss business and entrepreneurship. This year, 40 champions, as they are called, will be making their way back to their hometown.
0: So what kind of things does Back to KC aim to accomplish?
1: It hopes to show business owners what they can gain from coming back to KC, whether it be relocation or expanding business there. Here's Jessica to tell us some more. So what do you do as the Director of Experiences, and can you tell me a little bit more about the Kansas City Startup Foundation?
2: Absolutely. So my entire mission as the Director of Experiences here is to ensure that when people come to our events, they're walking away with meaningful connections, um, information, and knowledge that's going to elevate them and elevate their business. In terms of the Kansas City Startup Foundation, our overall mission here is to help make Kansas City the most entrepreneurial city in America. We're aware that this is a very lofty goal. How
1: does Back to KC uh, factor into all of this in the Kansas City Startup Foundation?
2: Absolutely. So Back to KC is one of our experiences that we host on an annual basis, and it touches on so many sectors of our mission. The first being the talent pipeline and wanting to ensure that there are talented entrepreneurial thinking mindsets here in Kansas City to help propel us forward. So we want to target at Back to KC the tech uh, doers, the, the entrepreneurs, the um, C-suite executives, the decision makers at Big Corp that have left Kansas City. For whatever reason that may be, you know, perhaps their schooling was over and they wanted to experience a new city. Perhaps they had a great opportunity, you know, financially and professionally that they wanted to go seek for whatever reason. But we want to re-engage them. We want to show them that this isn't the same Kansas City that they left a decade ago, that um, you know, while mom and dad may still be here in their hometown or they may still, you know, come back for holidays, um, there's so much happening here, especially in downtown Kansas City in terms of startups and thriving small businesses becoming bigger, mergers and acquisitions from H&R Block and from other big corporate Leaders here in Kansas City. So back to KC is our way of reengaging that talent pool that is left, and we consider it a win if these out of towners that we've deemed KC champions. It's a win if they clearly if they move back, or if they expand their business here. But maybe it's as simple as they mentor um, a startup here, or they sit on the board of an organization, or they're investing. Um, or it's, it's it's as simple as they are advocates for our city and are speaking favorably and knowledgeably about what's happening in Kansas City or in their hometown in San Francisco and Dallas and Chicago, that they know what's going on here and they can make connections for us in their own town.
1: So you've already detailed this a bit, but how would you say Kansas City's startup landscape and just entrepreneurial landscape has grown or advanced Um, as you've seen it recently.
2: I am an example of a a Kansas Cityan who's left and come back home. Um, In 2010, I felt as though there was no startup. It all changed with the startup village in 2012 when people had a place to go together and to have coffee, and and then came One Million Cups, and the idea of bringing like-minded people together to help move the needle um, started to come about. And we're just exponentially growing here in terms of VC and investor firms and Mm -hmm. corporations wanting to get involved in the startup scene. And then just ecosystem builders like ourselves here, knowing that this is hard work um, bridging the gap and bringing people together to help facilitate business. You know, the funding is happening. The scaling is happening. And you can build a big corporation here and still have that that hometown feel. So we're positioned with tech and talent and um, financial um, ease here in Kansas City to exponentially grow the market.
1: What are the strengths of Kansas City's startup culture, would you say? And why do you think, or how can someone benefit if they're thinking about coming back to Kansas City or being an entrepreneur in Kansas City?
2: What's notable about Kansas City is the culture and is the people. That you can't find better people or a better network of organizations that genuinely want to help propel and accelerate your business. They're, if, if I can't help you, I'm going to know someone who can and I'm going to connect you to that person. And that's the way, that's the mindset here. That's not just the way I feel. That's the way it is here is... I consider it a win when you win. And from startups to big corp here, that's the way Kansas City feels.
0: Now we will hear reporter Rashi Srivastava's interview with Naga Rayapati.
1: Back in 2014, Rayapati was a software engineer on a two-year contract with Cerner Corporation.
0: That's when he realized that more than 40% of his paycheck was going in the pockets of middlemen involved in the process, he says.
1: That prompted the entrepreneur to start a company aimed at helping contractors like himself. Here's Rashi with the story.
3: Um, How did you get the idea of creating Go-Getter?
4: Yeah, so I used to work for companies like Cerner and American Express as a contractor. I was working for Sonar through one of the prime vendors they have. And in my scenario, there were uh, three companies that are being associated between the end-client Sonar and me so a persona was paying around 125 dollars per hour and i was getting paid around 70 bucks per hour and the rest of 55 dollars is going into the pockets of these uh, middlemen that are associated in the process these companies continue to get paid the 55 dollar sort of margin you know all throughout uh, you know the contract duration and these prime vendors do not have employees on their payroll or they do not have any of the platforms so what they do is they publish it to uh, the sub-vendors they have got And each of these prime vendors always have thousands of sub-vendors. And that has uh, highly, uh, you know, uh, disturbed me because like I was the one who is kind of doing the hard work and then, you know, it's kind of, uh, the the money is going into the pockets of these uh, middlemen. So, uh, and that has motivated me to kind of start GoGetter.
3: Right. So basically, GoGetter uses artificial intelligence and machine learning to kind of, eliminate these middlemen in the supply chain.
4: Yeah. So, uh, and the AI comes in to recommend contractors and to find contractors and as well as in terms of helping out contractors what the better hourly rate for their skill set is with respect to the location, with respect to skill set and years of experience and all. So, and uh, we do uh, use collaborative filtering uh, like how Netflix uses recommendation of movies, or uh, Google search uses to recommend results of a search query that you put on. We do use collaborative filtering uh, to recommend contractors. GoGetter has a feature called Company Cards, wherein we help contractors understand uh, the companies that they would be looking for. Diversity Index is to calculate the diversity index of the companies looking at the executives of the various companies. So we do facial recognition over there on the executives of various companies and we tell how diversified their company is. And, and then we have other feature called uh, Employee Review Index wherein uh, we gather the employee reviews from the various sources of internet and then we do sentiment analysis from that.
3: So uh, go-getters, clients, or their main source of revenue, is that the contractors or the employers?
4: In our case, the supply side is the contractors. The demand side is the companies or the hiring managers. And uh, the hiring managers do get to log in on the marketplace and then check out the contractors based on uh, their job requirement or job descriptions and they get to see like how much a contractor is expecting and also what kind of skill set does the contractor have and is he willing to relocate and all these things and then you know like uh, as they get hired go gets a margin of 20% on top of what a contractor is making and it's all transparent
3: right yeah. So on that subject, you talked to me about algorithmic bias and how every engineer who's working on some piece of algorithm, he comes with his own biases and that kind of gets translated into the code that he's writing. Um, and then you talked to me about how the diversity index is kind of a solution to that problem. Um, can you talk to me a little bit more about how go deals with this problem of algorithmic bias?
4: Yeah. Uh, uh, basically, the AI does its job based on the kind of data that you feed to the algorithms so it requires a lot of training and as we talked about ai which is nothing but pattern recognition or you know pattern matching so if you kind of provide data sample to the ai with a similar set of data which has got same set of patterns in the sense the data is biased and as the data is biased you feed it as you feed the data to your neural networks to train, it uh, it, it, it only gathers similar set of patterns that is provided within the data set and it ignores the other patterns which are going to be in the industry in the, in the industry. That's why you get to see a lot of AI failing, with respect to uh, uh, the the generalized data set that the industry provides talking more in detail we are the industry has seen several uh, failures from some of the large companies like google microsoft and all so uh, when google initially released uh, their ai with respect to google photos it was recognizing uh, uh, people in color as gorillas because you know, their data set was so biased and uh, they had to kind of take the gorilla photos out of their uh, data set, which used to train their algorithms. And the, the job of data curators or data engineers who are gathering the data sample to make sure that their data is as diversified as possible. Mm-hmm. And you, you only get to do that if your team is as diversified as possible. I, I mean, I, I, I was born in India. I'm an immigrant, I have my own sort of bias. So, and if I am doing uh, uh, my own data gathering and data curating and uh, you know feeding that data to uh, uh, the AI algorithms, I put in my own bias. But if my team is uh, diverse, as diversified as possible, you know, with respect to folks coming from other subcontinents, you know, I, I get to kind of eliminate the bias. And uh, I, I should also say that it is impossible to remove the bias 100% there is going to be some bias or the other action. Right.
3: so um if you don't mind me asking uh, how is uh, go getter kind of progress financially you talked you talked to me about how um it's a mostly a bootstrapped uh, company and uh, you initially <laughs> did not have much funding from venture backed uh, from venture uh capital funding so um can you talk to me more about that
4: yeah so we are backed by angels uh we raised uh uh, close to uh half a million uh and we are also a revenue generating company Mm -hmm. so and and uh both the money from angels and also the money that we are generating uh in the form of revenue is helping us
0: Now it's time to share our digits.
1: The numbers that matter to you in entrepreneurial news. Seth, what are your digits this week?
0: My digits are 13. This is the amount of spooky cocktails that will be created as part of a new pop-up bar in Kansas City. Bar owner Edward Schmaltz is creating Apparition, North Kansas City's first spook-easy. Apparition debuted last month and will remain until November 1st. It's one of a handful of seasonal pop up bars serving up treats in Kansas City bar goers this Halloween season. Another called Something Wicked is coming to Kansas City Cocktail Bar Julep this month. And Isabel, what are your digits this week?
1: My digit is three. Developers of the Lightwell building in downtown Kansas City envision their building catering to three stages of startup companies. It will have a school for technology talent, co working spaces for startups, and private office space. The building is being renovated for a 2020 reopening, and its developers envision it as a new hub for Kansas City startups. We work in LaunchCode will have office space in the building.
0: And to finish out the podcast, we will give you this week's closing thought.
1: This is when entrepreneurs share with us some of the best business advice they have used and applied. Here is Jessica Powell once again.
2: Um, a few years ago, um, I I meet Darcy Howe, the managing director of the KC Rise Fund, um, a PC firm here in Kansas City focused on investing, sidecar investing in startups located in the Kansas City region. And she shared with me the most important advice that I've taken away um, and implemented at each event that I go to. So all you need to do is set aside 15 minutes before you go to an event to look at the website and investigate that website figure out who's going to be there figure a stock LinkedIn, see who the speakers are see who the sponsors are see who would elevate your business by meeting them at the event and reach out to them first build that relationship prior to the show so that's more meaningful after the event
0: and that's all for this week. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Israel Robles and me, Seth Bodine. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. We'll speak to you next week. Bye. our 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 trilogy on fall season. I know we've been talking Banter. about
1: fall for a long time.
0: It's just so good. I realize I It wanted, never ends. Either. No, it
1: doesn't. I wanted to talk about pie flavors for Thanksgiving and realized it's only October first.
0: Well we have we have so many more weeks. We have October and then we have November, which is like a total it's like a it's a different different breed of fall.
1: fall. We're just excited because it's supposed to be less than seventy degrees f- for the first time. Less this than eighty week. degrees. That's right. That's yeah. yeah that's yeah. more accurate. So. All right. Well. You'll catch us wearing pants finally.
0: <laughs> I mean, we're 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 wearing pants, but right, just like, long pants like.
1: versus shorts, <laughs> or you know, jackets. That's a better thing jackets, to say. We'll yeah. be wearing jackets. <laughs>